Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack. Boy, guess what? Riding solo again in terms of the three hosts of this show, Rob Cassidy on the road in Tallahassee covering the Florida State Camp. Nick Kruger, uh, still without internet, going on two weeks now. And so guess who's back in the saddle? Our boy, Dave Lackford. Dave, how's it going? Back to back like Drake. <laughs> well, we got some good feedback. I'll tell you what. Uh, right. People were people were excited. Uh, a lot of people didn't know you were white. Did you know that? Have you ever gotten that before? Yeah, I get that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> just that that's Philadelphia attitude, man. It's a Philadelphia swagger, I, I suppose. Um, <laughs> which remind me at the end of the show, we could talk about Sheets versus Wawa. I want to have that discussion with you uh, while, while we're on the, while we got you on here because we don't know. Eventually, Nick and Rob will be back in action. I'm here keep keeping the ship afloat, trying to give you guys an episode every week. We've been coming out on Fridays the last few weeks, and that's just because. Uh, everything's so hectic during the week and, and we're running around. So we're trying to get back on a normal schedule, but we're grinding, giving the people what they want, giving you new episodes uh, with some guest hosts uh, during the summertime. Tony Kornheiser just shuts down his podcast in the summer. So I feel like at least we're trying, right, Dave? Yeah, we're in here, man. Let's do it. All right. So we want to remind everybody, leave us a review on iTunes. Tell a friend. We are up to 84 reviews. We're only 16 away from our goal of 100, which we wanted to achieve in this calendar year. Of course, that helps us with the rankings on iTunes. And that is big because we are coming into college football season. It's going to be here before you know it. And uh, we want to have some good placement there, get some new listeners uh, to, to hear me complain about pickles and whatnot. So uh, let's jump right into it. Uh, Dave, it was a big week this week in terms of uh, baseball talk. We had the MLB draft. I know uh, you're not a huge baseball guy, and maybe you didn't even know these stories <laughs> until I sent them to you, but <laughs> we had three big-time players or potential players get drafted in the MLB draft this week. First of all, Kyler Murray goes in the top 10, Oklahoma quarterback. Uh, he's been playing on Oklahoma's baseball team, serving as their cleanup hitter. Always been a great uh, baseball player was in high school as well. Could have, a lot of people thought he was going to go ahead and get drafted out of high school. And I, I believe he he went to school early, so that didn't happen. Uh, Jordan Adams, who was a top 100 guy, some people had him ranked as a five star. He was set to go to uh, North Carolina, where his father is an assistant coach. He gets drafted uh, by the Angels in the first round and has already announced that he's going to take the money and run and not play college football. And then Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson got picked uh, later on down the line. So all types of all types of stuff. The story, though, that everybody's talking about, the story I sent you, Dave, was Kyler Murray saying he has signed a contract, or I think there was a report, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was, it was announced yet, uh, where he he's going to be able to make $5 million, uh, and they're going to let him play football this fall for Oklahoma, but it's only one season. He's not going to be able to play more than one uh what do you think when I, I – because that was a new story to you. What did you think when I sent that to you? And uh, if you're Oklahoma, do you want it for one year or do you stick with Austin Kendall who's been in the program for two years and is going to – I believe has two more years of eligibility? Well, I guess the first thing I would ask is, is he going to beat Austin Kendall out? I mean, Austin Kendall looked better in the uh, spring game. I remember everybody talking about that. So do they want him at all? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, listen, the crazy thing that happened with – with that was like you said that Kyler Murray wasn't named the starter coming out of spring. There was no there was no starter named. So, like you bring up a good point, is he even guaranteed the job? Perhaps he wasn't named the starter because they knew he was going to be playing baseball and they wanted, you know, you know how football coaches are; they want people committed and everything like that. Right. 
I wonder, does it get to a point though, where, you know, say they struggle a little bit and then people say, Hey, you know, he, he hasn't been here. Austin's been here at the workouts, blah, blah, blah. You know, how you know how it can snowball like that. The, the last guy, and I know other players have done this. I think Jake Locker did this where he would play baseball during the summer. Uh, that was minor league ball. And then come and, uh, and play football at Washington. Dennis Dixon famously got drafted prior to his senior year and uh, and went ahead and, and made – I'm trying to think of, of what – I think he's, he had a signing bonus and then went and played like single A ball for the Braves all summer and then came back and had that crazy season where he was the Heisman front runner and looked like Oregon was going to the national championship and he tore his ACL. So this is not unprecedented. We've seen it a lot, and our Oklahoma side has been doing a good job of keeping people up to date, but – you know, I've never been personally, and I, maybe I'm out on the limb here, I've never been the biggest fan of Murray as a quarterback. I always thought he was a very good athlete. He struggled, you know, mightily that year in the Under Armour game when he had been undefeated and there was a lot of controversy over his ranking. We took – I think we got shut out at the school because we didn't rank him as a five-star. So, I mean, he played at Texas A&M and it didn't go well, right? So, and he's played – he's been – you know, he's played at Oklahoma. We've seen him a little bit, but – I just wonder, is it is it worth it all? Is it worth it all for Oklahoma? Well, he's he's a different type of quarterback. He's not your typical, you know, drop back guy. He's super dynamic. He might have been the best high school football player ever. Seriously. Like, I mean, that guy was phenomenal in high right, school. His right. His record. He was under yeah, he was undefeated forever, right? And he was just a highlight reel after highlight reel guy. So, but you know, I saw Bomani Jones talking about this uh, today, actually, and he was ranting, saying, you know, go take the money and don't risk your injury. You know, but a guy like Murray, he's a football guy and he's like, you've got to be an adult and being an adult means that you have to do things you don't want to do. Well, you're also a kid at this point in time and you're going to be a lot older than you're going to be younger. You know, so I don't like when people try to pontificate to kids that are in this position like him and tell him what to do. Um, if he if he doesn't win a quarterback slot, could they move him to another position? Is he a slot guy? Could he be some kind of gadget player? You know what? What do they? You have all that talent. You don't want to just have it sitting on the bench, right? Right. So we go back. If we go back and and look at him at Texas A and M in 2015 as a true freshman, he was 72 of 121, so completed 59 percent of his passes for five touchdowns and seven interceptions. Okay, so obviously he didn't blow the doors off anything. He had a he had 335 yards rushing and one touchdown that season as well. So like you said, he's dynamic. Then last year, uh, after he after he sat out a year uh, for a transfer in a red shirt, he was 18 of 21 for 359 and three touchdowns and had 142 yards rushing. But most of that was essentially garbage time. Uh, so so I don't know. I, I, I can tell you what, if I'm the Oakland A's, I'm not letting him play slot receiver. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, go over the middle and get your head knocked off against two linebackers in the middle. I, I don't know. But here's one thing that the first thing that popped in my mind when I heard that he was allowed to make $5 million and then actually play football. Well, two things, because I saw this tweet. And it was like, it says like uh, the coach calls, uh, he walks in the huddle and he says, all right, we're running four verts. And the coach is like, nah, we're running a handoff. And he goes, how much do you make, coach? And he's like, 3.5. He's like, yeah, I made five. We're running four verts. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But the thing that popped in my mind, I don't know. I'm going to take you on a trip down memory lane. Remember when Mike Williams and Maurice Claret tried to go pro early 
and they got shut down by the NCAA and then the courts ruled that they couldn't and they got shut down by the NFL and then um, they lost their eligibility. There was also Jeremy Bloom, who was a wide receiver for Colorado at the time, and he skied for the U.S. Olympic team, right? And um, he was he received funding from Under Armour and other sponsors that he used for like traveling and hiring coaches and all this stuff. And um, they they he tried to come back and play football, and they said no because you've ruined your amateur status. And the the rule specifically stated that you cannot simultaneously make money for one sport and then play as an amateur in another. So I guess. Th- was there some kind of rule change that now allows you to make $5 million as a baseball player and then play football at the same time? When did that happen? Yeah, they changed the rules. And I think what got Jeremy Bloom was he had endorsement money. So it wasn't just he, cause I mean, it's not like there's a professional skiing association or whatever. So I think he got, they got him because he had made endorsement money. I believe he ended up paying either. He paid the money. I think he paid the money back. Uh, because then he played and got drafted, right, by the Eagles. The Eagles, yeah, and he never really – Oh, your team, your squad, I forgot. Yeah, he was a bust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a bust. He still works on TV, though. I think he works for Fox Sports, so big he, shout he, to He's like a tech CEO right now. Like, he's a big-time guy. I mean, he definitely won at life, you know. Congr- shout out to winning at life, you know. Yeah, I think his sister was some type of really good skier, too. So great genes in that family, unlike uh, unlike my family, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 no CEOs, no CEOs in the Womack uh, bloodlines, uh, sadly. So, uh, the, you know, we talked about Oklahoma, North Carolina, it's just got to be dying. I mean, Jordan Adams, this guy's a dynamic football player. The dad's on the staff. They get him to sign over. He Clemson was dying to get him. They beat out Clemson for him. He doesn't enroll early. See, what a lot of these teams do, Dave, and this is why we don't hear this very much, mm-hmm. Like Justin Fields would have been drafted in this draft very high, but Georgia talked him into enrolling early, so he didn't get drafted. And he's not going to be – I don't think he's going to be playing baseball at Georgia. So because Jordan Adams – and Jake Fromm the same way. Jake Fromm, of course, was a hero in the Little League World Series. He would have been drafted too, but he enrolled early. Uh, the schools are smart about that, about pushing the kids to enroll early so they're not eligible for the draft. So uh, – how do you feel if you're North Carolina and you just lose like one of the biggest pieces, probably the biggest piece in your 2018 signing class? Yeah, 6'2", number 72 in the country, 5.9, four-star. I mean, you put all that time and work in it, and then, boof, it's gone just like that. It's got to be the worst. And just imagine recruiting for baseball. I mean, Joe Maurer. Remember Joe Maurer was at Florida State, and then he got drafted by the Twins, and he just left. He never played. That's it's so much time and energy just all for nothing. What a precarious yeah. job, you know? Yeah, but good thing they get paid millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good benefits too, I'm sure. A lot of state pension plans and working at those public universities. So uh, and dental insurance too. Shout out to Woody for getting his teeth clean. You know, they say millennials have bad. Um, they have bad dental hygiene. So shout out to you for, you know, not fitting the mold there. Well, I believe me, I have a litany of dental problems from growing up in the mountains in Oregon, no fluoride in the water. We're going well water. My parents didn't take me to the dentist when I was a kid to get my teeth sealed. And it's just been, you know, I probably could have bought a second house with the amount of money I have spent, uh, getting uh, my teeth fixed over the years. And guess what? You know, every time I go to the dentist, uh, he doesn't have good news. And this to, to give you to, to tell you how bad it is, I go to a specialist, right? Wow. And I'm the only like American born person that I've ever seen in this office because 
it's people from other countries who had poor dental care and they're in there getting dental implants with me. And uh, I was talking about all the problems I'm having. And my dentist was like, yeah, there's a woman from Taiwan. She has the same issues as you. Well, so. I'll tell you what, old buddy. Come out here. We'll go on our little tour throughout Kentucky. We'll head up to the mountains. And they have what's called Mountain Dew Mouth. That's a thing. These kids drink Mountain Dew from the baby bottles and their teeth is destroyed. Their, their <laughs> teeth are just rotted out and yellow and they don't even smoke meth. It's just straight from Mountain Dew. We're talking like 15-year-olds. So... You know, you'll probably fit in pretty well. You'll, you'll, be, you'll have a lot of things in common with those guys out there when we visit. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you stopped at Mountain Dew. Uh, so anyway, all right. Move, <laughs> moving on from that. It's satellite camp season and camp season in general. Uh, I was out yesterday. Let me tell you something. I almost got heat stroke yesterday. I was out on the field. From about 9 a.m. to about 5.30, it was 95 degrees here in Atlanta. It wasn't, it's not even that humid, but you get so hot out there on that turf, lack of water, lack of food. I mean, I, I still have a lingering headache. I took a, I had to take a two-hour nap today, so I'm still trying to recover um, and, and, and hydrate and whatnot. Imagine being a kid out there running around. We had probably 1,500 kids there, lots of coaches there, but uh, Dave, have you ever been to one of these satellite camps? I kind of want to talk about how they've changed over the last few years because, I mean, it used to be a big controversy, something we really talked about a lot on the show. 1,500 kids? Yeah. Good Lord. Um, now, I haven't been to a satellite camp. I try. I wanted to get out to that Memphis one, uh, the mega camp, they call it. But, um, no, nah, you're, you're running the lead on this one for sure. Well, so I'm my, my status for Memphis is still TBD. I do have a hotel room. So if you want to come down, Dave. When is it? It's uh, on Saturday. No, it's on. No, it's on Sunday. Sorry, it's on I'm Sunday. gonna be. I'm gonna be at UK Sunday. I'll be at Cincinnati Saturday, and then I'm gonna go down to UK Saturday, and then I'm gonna go Sunday to UK as well. Or I might do Uvell. I'm gonna be here in Kentucky and Cincinnati, so I'm not gonna be able to make it. That's why I never make it to those camps because I'd rather go to the college camps than go to the mega camps. Right, but so anyway, the mega camps basically. This is the way the NCAA set it up now. Instead of these just doing them at random high schools and stuff like that, it has to be at a college. That's one of the biggest changes we've had over the last two years. So you've got a lot of coaches there. The problem is I think the next step they need to make is it needs to be specified which coaches are going to be there. I think the schools need to declare who they're sending where because you put, you know, several head coaches on you – know, or, you know, you put all these schools on the flyer, you think, okay – Hey, Texas A&M is going to be there. Jimbo Fisher is going to be there right, right, right in front of me, you know, and you don't really know until you get there who's going to, who's actually going to be there. So I, I think that's something that they ought to think about. But the bottom line is if you want to earn offers personally, I think, I think you've got to go to the camps at the schools. Like you said, how many people in Kentucky are going to have at their camp? You think this weekend, there'll be maybe a hundred kids there, 150 at the most. Right, exactly. So where are you going to stand out? I mean, now you're yeah. only in front of one staff, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm there with these coaches. And if, if I can tell you, coaches do not – they're not great at doing their homework. Right? <laughs> I'll, I'll be at football games where coaches have traveled a thousand miles to come there, and they'll be like, hey, Woody, let me look at your notes. <laughs> and I'm like, you got to look at my notes to know who's a good player. You didn't do it. You got a whole recruiting staff, right? Yeah, they got a whole database too. You know, right. Got out the nah, they, knows, you know? Yeah, they got a whole database. It's called Rivals.com <laughs> uh, where they pay nine ninety nine a month to yeah. uh, access our info. So, uh, 
it's changed. It's definitely not as crazy as it used to be when, especially when Harbaugh was doing it. I mean, that was fun. I bet that that summer when Harbaugh was running around, he had Hank Aaron popping up. He's wearing different jerseys every week. You remember that year? Yeah, if he's wearing a shirt at all. Right, yeah, he'd have his shirt on, he's playing games. Now, what he was doing there, that was total PR. They were not finding any players. Because, I mean, they did very little football stuff at that thing. It was mostly running around, having races, having fun, just giving him a chance to talk to to kids that he wanted to talk to in different cities. It's definitely, there's more football stuff going on. Um, One of the things that really stood out to me was we had a huge European contingent at this camp. There's probably 25 guys from Europe. And I don't know if you saw Dave, Florida offered one of them, I believe, uh, two or three days ago. Did you see that? No, nah, what position? Offensive line. Yeah. I think his name was Martin Weinberg from uh, Finland, from Helsinki. Does, and uh, he was it, out there. Does it start with a W? Uh, no, it starts with, it starts with a V. Okay. It should start with a W, but who knows? Maybe he's a German who moved to uh, – who moved to Finland. I don't really, I can't really keep track of all those uh, countries, but uh, I've always, I'm always wondering about these coaches and the same goes for, we see foreign players. We saw last year, the guy coming from Tonga, who was a rugby player. We've seen guys coming from Africa who, who don't know how to play football, but they just have such intriguing physical talent and athleticism. But I'm wondering, do you think these coaches are smart for taking a gamble on them? Because I haven't really seen many of them pan out. I mean, who were, you know, your boy Bjorn Warner was a good, was a good player at Florida state. Obviously didn't pan out in the NFL with a V. <laughs> right. But It's hard to really think about. It's hard to really think about like, who's the big list of, of these foreign born players who pick up. Cause I mean, it's hard to pick up football when you're 17, 18 or 19 or 20, depending on how old these I'm always, I'm always suspicious of some of these guys who, who obviously uh, look like you know look like they're a little older. We've seen it in basketball too. Right. But, but, but I mean, obviously Joel Embiid, your boy, has been a big story in basketball. He didn't play basketball that long. But do you think coaches are smart to gamble on a foreign player who has intriguing athleticism over a guy who's played football his whole life and has you know decent film and stuff like that? It depends on who's on your board. You know, if you're looking at a guy that's kind of you know going to be a project and he's not going to play till maybe he's a redshirt junior, so you kind of know what he is. But then you see a guy like Amobi Okoye and he has a ton of upside, and you're like, yo, I'm going to take a chance on this guy. If I miss, that's okay. I you know I can miss here or there. I have this this one prospect I know I can get. So at the end of the cycle, if you're kind of like out of options, I think it's smart to go ahead and take him at that point rather than not take anybody at all and then have like an empty roster spot. You know what I mean? So th- that's, that that's, it's, it's gotta be a calculated risk. You can't, you just can't be like, Oh, this dude looks like freaking Tarzan straight out the jungle. I'm taking him, And because he's six foot five, two forty, looks explosive, but then he doesn't know how to use his hands to get off blockers. Uh, I'm thinking of a, a certain kid um, <laughs> that I interviewed last year. I forget where he wound up. He was at the five-star challenge. I think his name's a Moby or something like that. Do you remember him? Uh, I, I, he went, uh, there's a guy who went to Auburn. Ottawa or uh, something. I forget his name, but I interviewed him and he's like, I like football. And I like he's such a deep Nigerian accent, right? And he's like, I love football. It is a game of men. It is a game of strength. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, five star. Get that dude five star. But you know, you could tell he was raw, but his athleticism and his size was just crazy. So 
it's hard. It's hard. Hey, you know what they say? Your potential is going to get me fired, you know? So it's a calculated risk, man, but they, they, they look like dudes, you know? Yeah. We've got a couple this year. Uh, Chris Akporo is coming to the five-star challenge. Uh, he's from Nigeria. He, he won the MVP at our camp. He looked good. Had- I saw his film and he was supposed to come to Nashville too. He's a competitor. He just couldn't make it up there. Right. That's your boy, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my guys. Uh, he does. <laughs> He managed to call me the other day at like 8.30 and then text me at 1 a.m. later that night. I was like, Chris. I'm sure you enjoyed you gotta, that. <laughs> I was like, you got to get some sleep, bro. Uh, number one rule, everybody knows, do not call Woody's phone before 9 a.m. I will not answer ever. So don't do it. Um, but um, but to the, to the satellite camp thing, when you say like the coaches aren't prepared, I, the Purdue camp I went to last weekend was kind of like a satellite camp. Because Ball State was there, I saw uh, Shavis Jackson, the DB coach, used to play for Louisville, um, LSU. He's coaching up there, and I saw Toledo was there, Bowling Green was there. Actually, uh, Jordan Atkinson, um, he's a kid from Kentucky. He got offered from Bowling Green from that camp. So, yeah, the, I mean that, that's the thing, though. You can get that at a you can get that at a normal camp. You don't have to go to a mega camp. Really. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, mean, I wouldn't go to a mega camp if it, I wouldn't tell my son to go there. Yeah. So so anyway, we're experiencing those. Uh, check your cord there, Dave. I think you you've been uh, you're coming in and out of my ears on the different uh, different lines. We've got no we've got no editing. We're flying without a net again this week. So. Uh, so, so double check that cord there. Make sure you're you're working because we got important stuff to talk about. Uh, <laughs> there it goes. There was a sound. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers. We talked about it last week. Uh, of course, Brian Colangelo today resigned, I believe was the term. I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts about this last weekend, reading stories. Uh, we didn't give a theory last week. The strong theory was it was him or his wife. Turns out his wife owned up to it like a like a good Italian woman, uh, soprano style. <laughs> did you did you believe did you believe he should have been fired, Dave? Now the reason we asked Dave, he's from Philadelphia, he's a 76ers fan. Did you believe it? And then do you think uh, were you happy he's he should have he's fired? And, and did, what was your take on the whole situation? All right, objection, compound question. <laughs> but um, first question: Should he have been fired? That situation, it's a position of trust and loyalty, right? And so that has kind of been breached, whether it was him or his wife. I think that the thing that was the big deal was she scrubbed her phone and then handed it in before the investigation. She did a factory reset. And I think that was the most damning thing because you don't know if it was her or him. Maybe it was her. And and then, then you got to put yourself in the shoes of a man coming home to your wife and Imagine, Woody, you're married and you have to deal with me. So you come home from your job and you're, after this podcast, like, God, I can't stand Dave. His microphone's terrible. It's always coming in and out. Frustrated. You know, and you confide in your wife about what happens at your job, right? And then she she takes a personal and she gets on her burner account. She starts mouthing off with her Twitter fingers and he gets fired for that. So it's, I mean, I empathize with the guy. Um, and then as far as should he have been fired, I mean, I, I see. I, yeah, he had to go. Uh, and he may never he may never get a top level basketball ops position again in his life. I mean, you, he could be blacklisted because he broke that trust, you know, that the Omerta, you know, since we're talking about the Sopranos here. And uh, so, I mean, and 
Am I glad he's gone? I don't know. I mean, he drafted Markel Fultz, and then Markel Fultz suddenly forgot how to shoot his jumper. And I was all for it when they did it. And, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. The number one player in the country gets drafted number one and then totally forgets how to shoot the basketball, something that was a key facet of his game. How crazy is that, right? And then he made the move in the middle of the year to get Ilya Sova, and then he got um, the other guy. I'm drawing a blank on that right now. Um, uh, Bellinelli. Yeah, yeah, Bellinelli, you know. And that whole team, it was just a different dynamic. And it, that's what propelled them to that really fun run where they won like 25 straight games. So I don't I, – I would rather him not be fired as a, as a Sixers guy. I'd rather him still be there, especially going into this season because this is a big season. So now you have to make all the right moves as far as the player personnel goes. But then you have to go hire a new GM on top of that. But it's a very attractive job at this point. And um, it's not like, you know, uh, Adam Silver foisted this turd upon us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they pushed it. They pushed the, the NBA made the intro there. Uh, because they were tired of them losing. So I think the way it's going to shake out is they're going to hire David Griffin, who was the Cavs GM, and he's going to go and try to do his best to try to get LeBron to come. And uh, the question is, does it come in a trade or does he come as a free agent? I think, uh, honestly, I think I could see it being where it's a trade and then they try to get Paul George, and guess what? Then then it's on. And I wouldn't have a problem with LeBron going to Philadelphia. Would you want LeBron? Do you want LeBron on your team, Dave, or you think he'd mess mess things up for you? I I think it's a weird fit. It's like he is like Ben Simmons is like lightweight LeBron, right? He just can't shoot, and I don't know if he really fits into the gears there. I guess you would trade if you're who we trading. We're trading fourth, right? We're trading a draft pick, so they'll get the top. What is it? Number ten pick in a draft, and you have to give somebody like uh, Sarich up, right? Maybe. some other future draft picks. So it's well, my guess would be LeBron tells Cleveland, "Look, trade me. I'm going no matter what." So it's not like it has to be about. You probably have to give up. You probably have to give up Fultz and uh, somebody like Robert. Cup. You got to match the money, I believe, or get close to it, depending on the salary cap. So it's interesting. It's going to be fun. You and I both said we were rooting for LeBron last week, and now it's three zero. Series is basically over. So you, uh, it's disappointing. Did you see the article the Onion put out today? It said, uh, yeah. "It said Cavs trying to avoid Game 4. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad. I mean, I wish. Uh, I really wish. I really wish it was a more competitive. I mean, it has been a competitive series. It's not like there's been blowouts, but I just wish LeBron would that Game One. They should have had that game. So what a disaster uh, that was. All right, moving on. Uh, tweet of the week. Now, Dave, you have brought a tweet that I have not heard or read yet, and it could be based on some of these retweets you had this week, controversial retweets. But with, retweet. Uh, it was a butt retweet. I did not retweet that. <laughs> no. Expletive laced, I believe, was the term that was used uh, by some other people who brought it to my attention. So It was, it was some uh, recruit retweeting some girl, and then I put the phone in my pocket, and I pulled it out, and I got like just – random chick with a, a green retweet button on. I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> I was like, I hope somebody didn't see that. And you happen to see it somehow. And you don't even follow me. Thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's controversial. We talked about that before. Guess what? I don't follow a lot of people, Dave. I don't follow coach Brown. Uh, and, and I let it be known. I told him, I said, you, sometimes you annoy me. I have to unfollow you. And then I just see what I want to see. Um, <laughs> So rather than you'd rather be, would you rather have me follow you and have you muted 
or or not follow you and 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 see your tweets on a semi regular basis? Uh, I'm superficial. I just want the numbers, man. Go ahead, follow me and smash that mute button, bro. Hey, I'm giving you. Is this the best exposure of your career? Back to back weeks. Back of you? to back. Yeah, man. I'm on a bullet train, brother. Straight to the top. Let's go. Yeah, you're co-hosting this show. Uh, we've got no sign of Nick Kruger. <laughs> Nick has not been on the podcast, and I'm trying to look. 19, oh, 19 days was Nick's last episode. Oh no, we did we did one two weeks ago with the three of us. I shouldn't say it. it got huge numbers. Our most listened to episode in the last four months. Speaking, so those guys. Speaking of huge numbers and bigly, uh, uh, that's a good uh, segue geez. into my my uh, tweet right here. All right. All right. So don't do me thirteen tweets she tweets uh this is happening at the african-american museum right now damn shame and then she she uh she at charlemagne the god and somebody else and it's a bunch of kids from it looks like they're on a tour you know how like when you're a kid well you don't know but when i was growing up in philly and delaware we always used to drive down to washington dc and we'd go to the smithsonian and we we take the train and we'd go to all the different museums so down there in Washington, D.C., they sell these Make America Great hats, right? And so these kids have like these LL Cool J ones, like the Kango bucket hat kind, you know what I'm talking about? And it says Make America Great Again. So, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thumbing through all the replies, right? And so uh, Black Kurt Russell um, screenshots the hat and goes, this is low-key saucy. Which, like the term low key saucy alone is inherently hilarious, but the fact that it's like this serious dialogue about like race and all this stuff, and the dude's just like, this is low key saucy. And I'm like, yes, this is the irreverence that will make America great again. So that's my tweet of the week right there. There you go. There you go. That's good. I, I have not seen any Kangol make America great again hats. So uh, I, I don't know. That would be funny. I remember. A uh, friend of the show, Ryan Gogemeyer, used to be uh, big on the Kangol hats back in the day. Samuel Jackson, uh, LL Cool J style back in, in high school. So I uh, wish I had a picture of one of those. I'll pull it up. So uh, anyway, all right. Not a bad tweet, Dave. You had me scared. You had me really scared. I'm looking through my eyes there for a minute. <laughs> Where else would you look through? <laughs> no, I mean like with my hands over my oh, face. Oh, okay, okay. I, look through your hands. Sorry. Yeah. Look <laughs> I told you I'm tired. Um <laughs> All right, time for rants and recommendations, uh, and this is a an interesting one. I go to the there's a grocery store right by my house. I enjoy going to. This is not a you know not a big national chain. It's got some stores. There's one by my house. I know there's one by Nick's old house. Mostly viewed as like a farmers market type store, heavy on the produce. I love going to this store. Cheap cheap produce and good produce. The only thing they don't have is good grapes, uh, which I don't I can't figure out why they can't get good grapes in there, but Every time I go there now, there is some p- person with a table set up, you know, allegedly raising money for charity. And it's like, I'm beginning to get suspicious. Now, I heard on another podcast, The Starters, which is a, is a show I love to listen to. I would recommend people listen to it. That here in Atlanta on the Beltline, they're now setting up and doing this, which is the, I don't know if you know what the Beltline is, Dave. It used to be like a train tracks and it's a nice, they've turned into a big wide trail. People are out there rollerblading and riding bikes. Now they got these people setting up with tables trying to get you to stop when you're on a run and donate money. I'm all for help and charity, but come on, man. If I'm the store, I'm not letting all these people set up outside on both entrances, stopping you. I mean, it's one thing if it's Girl Scout cookies. But but I was told 
that some of these people are just employees who work for the charity and their only job is to go there and essentially panhandle. So, so what's, what's your, what's your controversial take on this? Well, my thing is, look, if it's Santa Claus out there ringing the bell, yes. If it's Girl Scout cookies, yes. If it's Boy Scouts, no, nobody wants to buy your crappy popcorn Boy Scouts. Sorry, get a, get a better product. Those popcorn sucks. Uh, other than that, I, I really don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of it. So what do you think? Well, I'm not a fan of the, the Girl Scouts need to step their game up. Last week, I said that the panhandlers need to get the little box for their iPhones. Why? Why do I? Why can't I pay with my card for the Girl Scout cookies? I never have no, cash. Right. No one has cash. What are you doing? I got to go to the ATM, spend four dollars to take my own money out, which is a rant in itself, and then and then get the Girl Scout cookies. So uh, anyway. Nah, it's a big racket when you're out there. When I was a kid, I was on a football team and we had to raise money for uniforms, right? So you had the little the can with the little slit at the top and people will put money in it and then you give it back to your coach. The next thing you know, you know, you're saucy. You're high key saucy, right? <laughs> but uh yeah. but but these other organizations uh that are out there, and I, I see it here in Louisville as well, you know, they're they're wanting you to raise money for various um, interests, if you will. I'm not going to get into what they are uh, for the better of the podcast. And um, I think to myself, like, how do I know where this money's going? That's the first thing I think. You know? right. Some of these guys exactly. look suspect, you know. Like, I don't, I don't want a dude, you know, with, sitting out there that looks like he's like 21. And, you know, kind of maybe like, you know, the long hair stoner type dude who knows where that money's going. Right. I, I mean, I want like a soccer mom out there with like her two little kids and, you know, please donate to uh, Jerry's kids. You know, remember Jerry's kids back in the day? Like that's a, yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a legit charity you can trust. Right. But I don't want to see any of these fly by night charities out here asking me for my money, you know. Yeah, I, I just get – well, the problem is, and this is, you know, it, it, you don't want people getting wary of charities. You want charities to be able to raise money. And I think in today's, uh, you know, internet age, it's, it shouldn't be that hard necessarily to uh, to raise money for your cause without, you know. Yeah. And it's cash. Bother. It's all cash. It's untraceable. You know what I mean? Skim a little off the top. You know, get the box. Get the, it's, if I can't skim my card, it's not legit. But then I don't know if I want to skim my card because, you know, there might be scammers out there. <laughs> Jeez, Day, you spend too much time prosecuting criminals, man. You sounded like the, you sound like Officer Friedman over here. I grew up with them, and now I prosecute them. I've come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we do support charity. We highly encourage you donating to charity. Just, I'm just a little nervous. I like you said, I'll give money to the kids who are raising who are raising money for uniforms. If it's a sports team, if it's something like that, you know, I'm, I'm big about I'm big about the environment. Obviously, with my gardening. Uh, and whatnot, you can check out my gardening Instagram. Have you checked it out yet, Dave? No, I haven't been on Instagram that much. I try to stay um, off Instagram. I, I'll check it out, uh, though, man. I'll get on it. I promise. Yeah, ch- check out check out my garden because it's good. It's about to be. We're about to be. Well, something is eating my zucchini plants. That's a whole other story because mm-hmm. I've been trapped. I've been trapping animals and and moving them out of here. My guess would be a possum. So guess what? You're gonna be the next. I got five. I've trapped five animals so far, Dave. Oh yeah. Uh, I take them out to the nature preserve. Oh, you don't you don't so, put them in a stew? No, nah, you know. Speaking, of, I was talking to Coach Brown about it. I, I probably should put them in a stew. Uh, that that would make my garden a little more fruitful. But uh, now, two bunnies and three squirrels. We're going for a possum, and you know, probably some rats. You know, rats are always around. People don't realize how many rats are, are running around. You do. You grew up in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, you can hear them <laughs> running through the uh, the duct work at night if you're in a big building because they got those trash chutes, which was a horrible idea. 
Let's design a building where everybody walks their trash down the hallway and dumps it in the middle uh, in the middle of the hall. It goes down a chute, and then we burn it all. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. So that's where all the rats live. And at night, if they're, New York is way worse. Like in the Bronx, those old houses out there, the big old, the big old um, multi. They're like filing cabinets for people, and they're, it's the duck working. You could just hear them boom, 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 because they're like cats. They're huge because they're well fed because <laughs> of poor <laughs> architecture. So, so we wanted to talk real quick about uh, Wawa versus. So, so this is how Philadelphia you are, which Rob and I got a great laugh of this. I called you and you were at a subway, and you go, "Oh, hold on, I'm at Wawa." Now you live in Kentucky, and you haven't lived in Philadelphia for how many years? When was the last time you lived in Philadelphia? Two thousand and eleven. Okay, so it's been seven years. There are no Wawas in, anywhere in Kentucky, correct? <laughs> no, it's not. So, but you still have it on your mind because what you used to go to Wawa and get sandwiches, right? Yeah, it's, you know. And then I discovered Sheets when I was in. Um, I, I went to undergrad at Bucknell University, and out there in the mountain part of uh, the red part of the state, if you will, um, there's Sheets. And so I, I was turned on the sheets and Wawa just doesn't have the same luster for me anymore. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're a sheets guy. A, you like sheets over, I'm a, over Wawa? Yeah, man. The hot ham and cheese on the pretzel bun, dude. Oh, man. And their fries are banging. I, I love sheets, man. It's better than Wawa. I hate to say it. Wawa used to be dope when I was a kid. I used to work at Wawa and they had like they had a different type of chicken. Like I'd get the chicken sandwiches and then the hot dogs just tasted different. I don't know. Maybe, maybe when they banned the trans fats or something, they changed up their menu and it's just, it hasn't been the same for me since, but sheets, man, it's still got that. Like you could taste the diabetes in it. You know what I'm saying? So I, well, yeah, I went to sheets uh, on Sunday, loaded up, got a little pepperoni pizza sub, also known as a Womack special, which I've been known to have on a regular basis when I'm at Sheets or Wawa. Have you seen the new version of Wawa's of the nice ones that are in Florida that are huge? Unfortunately, no. Uh, It's a a major part of my life that's missing. (laughs) It's a huge... Yeah, you don't do a lot of traveling anymore, Dave. We got to get you out of the house, man. Stop going to only football camps. I know. And and, and and, uh, La Quinta's... Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I still think I'm a Wawa guy. I like sheets. I do like sheets because they have a type of, uh, I think it's Uts, a type of Uts chips where they come with the, with the hell of a good dip or whatever. Uh, flavored with the onions, uh, onions. See, that's which a I really Wawa because all Wawas have to have tasty cakes and hers potato chips, and they don't have hers yeah, down here. The crab, yeah, you can. The crab ones are the best. The Old Bay hers chips. <laughs> Come on, man. Ah, oh, you making me homesick now, man. It's in here. You could get those. You could get those at Sheets. Uh, I saw them last week at Sheets in North Carolina. So. Another another check for the box and another check for the Sheets box right there. Well, we were just in North Carolina. We were in Charlotte. When was that? A month ago? Two months ago? Yeah, but I had to do Bojangles when I'm down there. <laughs> Me and Chad Simmons, man. <laughs> we eat like children. <laughs> Did you and Chad go to Bojangles together? Nah, Chad, man, Chad's gone. As soon as that camp's over, he's just like a cloud of smoke. He's like a ninja. He drops like some smoke bombs and he's out. Yeah, we Chad does not really eat a lot of meals with us. I think I've had one meal with Chad in the 18 months he's worked here. You're right. He gets out of there. He's he's gone. He's he's uh light on his feet. You're right. He's definitely like a ninja. He'll sneak up on you. Uh so, uh, but we know Chad does it. Chad probably likes Bojangles. Chad doesn't like, Chad doesn't like vegetables on his sandwich. No lettuce, no tomato. He wants meat and cheese only. 
maybe some man. I can see that from him. Yeah, he does. He's a meat and cheese looking guy, you know? Yeah. So uh, anyway, we got a an iTunes review, as I mentioned earlier, and it was from Eric in Wyoming. This is a strong contender for one of the best reviews we've received in a long time. So here we go from Eric. He left this on June 4th. Rob and Krug City need to stop leaving Woody to captain the shift by himself. At least one of those two are always gone. Woody's a boss, but the show shines when all three are BSing about the latest stuff. Rants and recommendation sections are the best part. My personal rant. So here we go. So let's chime in on Eric's rant here. People who attend music festivals where they make you wear those little cloth material bracelets to gain access to the venue, but then days later, they still have that crap on their wrists. I have a coworker who goes to a festival every other weekend, and come the following Thursday, the bracelet is still on his wrist. It's like, He's like, oh, I forgot to take it off, or I just haven't had time to take it off yet. I'm like, uh, MF-er, it's been four days, and you were just wearing it to show you dropped hundreds of dollars on yet another music festival. We get it, dude. We get it. Uh, it's not a hygiene <laughs> thing. It's a. It's he's trying to floss. He's flossing his his uh, money that he spent on the music festival. Okay, so Eric, we'll we'll tie this into recruiting for you, Dave. How many kids you interview where they've just got fifty, a hundred bracelets on? How many times you see it? Oh, it's way way too often. They all have bracelets from the schools they visited. That's one of their biggest moves because you could be like, look, they save the lanyards, put on their backpack. Look, I've been to Clemson. I've been to Alabama. Same thing. They're flexing to try to show where they've been, who's recruiting them, especially when they're in the halls at school. Uh, then they've got bracelets made for them by girls, of course. And then they've got scrunchies that the girls will give them to wear on their wrist because they're like almost like an engagement ring type situation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, marking your territory. But – I have seen this music festival thing, and I've seen it a lot, especially among uh, the millennial generation. My thing is, if Eric's got a real job or he's working at an office, if you're over 25 and you're wearing that, and you're a guy, and you're wearing that, I'm with, I, I'm with Eric. I say sneak over with the scissors and cut it off, right? Yeah, I, I got to co-sign Eric on that rant. Good rant. Yeah, good rant, Eric. And guess what? Eric, you give us an idea. If you want to submit your rant to the show and have us weigh in on it, leave it in an iTunes review and we will discuss it on the show. Uh, that was quality. So um, I did have one other thing I wanted to share with you. I just don't know if I can find it. Let me see if I can find it, um, Dave, because this is pertaining to Uh-oh. you. It's a t- text message I received. I might have to get up and get my phone. Because uh, I'm, I'm sitting here. Well, in the meantime, if you my- also want to leave some comments about how uh, Woody has underranked the players, feel free to <laughs> feel free to do that. <laughs> Woody loves that when you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I love. Um, let's see, I've got a, I've got a conversation in here with uh, with friend of the show Blair Angulo, but we're talking about if, if you know Blair is Mexican. Uh, so he's, he's been efforting to try to get, you know, some support for L tree for the world cup. Are you going to watch the world cup, Dave? Uh, absolutely not. No. You don't like soccer? I do not watch soccer. No, I do not sit there and watch hours and hours of no scoring. Boys, that's the first controversial thing you've said in a while. That might be stock down for you. You've been stuck up. We all like soccer on the, on this podcast. Um, but let me see. So, so anyway, I will not be rooting for Mexico. Sorry, Blair. I have decided that I'm tired of people trying to force it down my uh, down my throat. I just can't find this text message from Blair 
talking about you. He sent me a text about you, Dave. Was it was it good or bad? Uh, well, because he doesn't know who you are. Um, yeah, I can't. Sadly, I sadly I've I have I have lost it. I, I don't know if I deleted my thread with Blair. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Got it. I finally got it. He said, "You know who was good on the pod, homie from Louisville via Philly." That's you. All right. Feeling the love. And I said, right. And I said, uh, I said, yeah, he's funny, right? He said, he's awesome. Played off your jokes. Brought his own heat. See you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need Nick. He's the guy that does all the, he does like the Will Fong thing, you know? Your mediocre rival salary. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nick does all the production. Uh, so big shout to Nick, who is working hard. Just got, he got into a bit of a conundrum there. Trying to go too high tech. Trying to go with that, uh, Fiber-based internet and uh, get bit him, and he's worried now about his current internet situation. So uh, we hope everything uh, comes back for Nick. We want you to leave us a review, leave us a rant. I'm about to go make some dinner, and uh, Dave, you got anything else you want to say before? Because this now you, you got back-to-back weeks, but I don't know when you're going to be back again. Man, that's, ugh, you know it's like a ten-day contract. You know, I got two ten-day contracts, and now I don't know. I might have to go back overseas. It's going to be a oh. Speaking of Philly, Justin Anderson was in the gym this week. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, yeah, for Virginia? Yeah, I actually got scolded by a friend of the show, Mike Scott, who plays for the Wizards. He goes, he goes, how to bring my boy from Virginia in here? And I was like, who is that? He's like, you're supposed to know this stuff. I was like, Mike, I'm not going to – I can't recognize Justin Anderson by his face. You know what yeah, I mean? He's no Blaine Bishop. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's definitely no Blaine Bishop. So, so we had hit. We, we had another guy from the uh, Wizards in this morning. It's NBA season at the gym. So, uh, so Justin Anderson was in the Virginia guy, Mike Scott, Virginia guy, for big time friend of the show. Mike's working out with me every day. I love seeing Mike in the gym. Uh, he wor- he works out in his pajamas, uh, which uh, which is always funny. So, anyway, all right, well, that wait, wraps wait, it up. Wait. We will be. Wait, back. I gotta explain the Blaine Bishop thing because it doesn't make sense. Oh, we didn't. No. <laughs> so we're at the what camp? We're at the Nashville camp, right? Yeah. So Blaine Bishop is like a. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell right, the story because nobody knows. This first of all, you are literally the only person listening to this show who knows who Blaine Bishop is. Uh, which, by the way, hey Blaine Bishop, you got a radio show. Why don't you give us on there? Let us plug our podcast, man. So, so Blaine Bishop, uh, who is a former NFL player. Uh, his son is a 2020 uh, football prospect in the Nashville area. Got offered from Tulane, I believe. We invited him to the camp in Nashville. So he was there hanging out, got his field pass. So he comes up to me and Chad, introduces himself. Hey, man, playing Bishop, blah, blah, blah. You know, Chad and I, you know, we talked to a lot of parents. And it's not like Blaine is a – you could tell he's a former athlete, but it's not like, you know – it's. It's not like Dwight Howard's walking up to you in terms of being a being a physical presence where you know the guy was a was a serious athlete. So he's talking about himself a little bit, telling us, you know, oh, I got a radio show. I'm uh, and Chad and I were like, oh yeah, yeah, nice to, nice to meet you. Okay, you know, because we were running around like crazy, like always. At which point, Dave Lackford comes up. It goes, Yo, Blaine Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> not only knew who he was, then started you started reeling off. Pro Bowl numbers, you had everything. Yeah, right? yeah, and he had a Titans uh, shirt on. I was like, you got to put that Eagles shirt back on because he finished up. He finished up playing for the Eagles. You know, he's my guy. You know, and he followed me on LinkedIn somehow. Like randomly, Blaine Bishop was like my LinkedIn friend, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't know how that happened. He did that. He did that. After no, the camp? he did it like five, six years ago. 
I don't know how that happened. It's so weird how the world works, right? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Blaine is a big time radio show host in Nash- in Nashville. It hosts, I believe, some type of drive time radio. So I told him at the camp. I said, Blaine, you know, we got your son in here, man. Give us some pub. Show us some love on the airwaves. And I don't know if he ever did or not. So uh, if you ever need someone to recognize uh, random uh, NFL celebrities from the late '90s, early 2000s, that's what Dave Lackford is here for. So uh, next week. Rob and I will be in Bradenton together. We will record an in-person podcast. We'll try, maybe try to get some players on, maybe roll out a couple episodes while we're there. So Nick, uh, his absence will continue through at least another week. Dave, you will not be back next week. Uh, yeah, there you go. Give yourself a sound effect. So we remind you people, leave us a review on iTunes. Follow Dave on Twitter. What is it? Rival? Are you Rivals Dave? Yeah, Rivals Dave. Dave with no, no underscore, right, Dave- just straight up Rivals Dave. No wonder Dave Barry doesn't like you. You took his Twitter handle. Did I? Wait a minute. Dave doesn't like me? <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> we'll, 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 save, we'll save that discussion for another episode. That wraps it up. We'll be back with Rob Cassidy in, in person from Bradenton, Florida next week. Thanks for listening.